Hello, everybody. Merry Christmas and happy Tier 4 to you sad, sad Southerners. If only you'd stayed in and listened to the government's advice. Well, us in the North can bask in a little bit more freedom. Um, welcome to Huddersfield Town Social. My name's Greg Mara. Joining me as ever are Cameron Pogany and Kilroy, Gazkay and Statman Nick is back. Uh, hopefully he's got something as good as last time. Even though somebody said you got your stats wrong, you're still right because we still haven't um, we still haven't won a league game when we've gone in at half-time. Cup games don't count, you pesky listeners um, who, who corrected us, but... It was league games, is what we what we said. So, um, still twelve years and counting. Um, what a wonderful Sunday it is for us to be recording. As Huddersfield Town beat Watford two nil uh, yesterday at the John Smiths, um, thanks to the cycling GK's mistake. I'm sure everyone will be watching his YouTube channel uh, tomorrow when he puts that video out, and and an own goal as well. As Watford kind of gifted us a win, as well, well they've gone into kind of meltdown with the. The prospect of a 23rd manager in 10 years um, after Troy Deeney got um, <laughs> the latest manager of the boot, apparently, allegedly. Please don't sue Troy. I don't really have any money. Um, you know, it's not in a Christmas spirit. Um, gents, it, it was actually quite a comprehensive performance. It, it, in total, there was a very few moments of madness for town to deal with but those that did come our way were dealt with quite well by Ryan Schofield and a very well positioned goalkeeper and he's certainly growing into that number one shirt um, but yeah going into the Christmas period only five points off the top six it's been a pretty pretty good few months hasn't it well Jen's life might be falling apart away from the football field, uh, but it's certainly nice to see that there's some um, there's some semblance of happiness. And uh, <laughs> when it comes to um, football itself, I mean, I don't think we could have predicted that we'd actually be in the top half um, as we approached the week of Christmas. And okay, you know, this was a difficult game, and after the hiding we got at Bournemouth um, just a week ago, I was quite worried actually about how this one might go uh, but I know we're on the best run of form in, in, at home and coming to about four years now aren't we and so looking at it I'm thinking well this is going to be a very difficult game and you know what I thought we executed it well okay they, they threatened us in first half and we got a little bit of slice of good fortune with some of the saves that Schofield pulled off but at the end of the day this is against the team who have barely conceded you know this season um, they sit well within the playoff uh, places. They're going to be expecting a bounce in, to bounce back straight to the Premier League. So they're going to cause us a few issues. And we, we soak that up and, okay, you get a bit of the rub of the green. And at the other end of the field, we certainly <laughs> got a bit of the rub of the green. But if you're in the right place at the right time and, you cause, and you're asking those questions, that's what happens. And so it was refreshing okay to see that we got a bit of good fortune but it's refreshing to see as well that we played with a confidence and if we hadn't been playing with um, confidence to get into those zones then we don't get those goals that won us the game in the end and and so okay I don't think it's a master class when we can look at it and say this is what we're going to do every week because we're not going to get we're not going to get those 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 strokes of fortune uh, but you know looking back on it and and I've got to say I, I didn't watch it live I watched it later in the day it was a pleasure to it was a pleasure to. So on the day that Christmas got cancelled and the Grinch came and stole it all and everything like that, you know, um, I think my old man's favourite football quote isn't that one about, um, it's not that one about, I think Shankly, isn't it, saying that football is more important than life and death and whatnot, like yada, yada, yada. Uh, I want to look at the um, Arrigo Saki one. And he says, of all the unimportant things in life, football is the most important. And so on a day where there's a, a lot of people probably went to bed quite sad and I went to bed quite drunk, uh, it was softened. The uh, impact of my hangover this morning 
was certainly softened when I looked back for the second time at the highlights of that game and I saw <laughs> Ben Foster's face as he backpedaled into his own net to pick the ball out. And I'm glad that Huddersfield Town are bringing sort of a smile to us uh, coming towards the end of an absolutely torrid year. So, you know, 12th place, sitting quite pretty. I think it's, um, it's a time for goodwill to all men. Christmas is coming. Um, so I'm going to start with an apology. Uh, and I think that's an apology to to, uh, to Phil Hodgkinson. I think we all thought he was barking when he canned the Cowleys. Um, I think that was a pretty unanimous point of view on this podcast and across social media, it seemed. Um, but, you know, the appointment of Carlos Corbran is starting to look like a stroke of genius. Um, you know, I, I think we questioned after Bournemouth whether he would be vindicated for picking the team he did. And I think he's been squarely vindicated. The, the two results were, were tidy results, you know, with Coventry when it wasn't a, you know, Coventry were never going to be a rollover. I thought we got a tidy result at Coventry. We wasted probably the best chance of the game to win it. Um, and I thought we were brilliant yesterday. I, th- I thought we were everything, everything I want to see from a town team. You know, we, we've debated whether we are now uh, back to our perennial underdog status as a football club. And I think yesterday was everything we've, we've, to expect in recent years from that that bunch of underdogs, they were organised, they were resolute. Yeah, you're right. Can we had some? We had a couple of strokes of luck. We really did. But when we needed a bit of quality, I thought Ryan Schofield was excellent yesterday. He made three saves. I mean, the the one from Gray in the second half, from pretty much point blank, was was top draw. Um, and I, I'm sorry if I'm going to nick one of your stats, Nick. But I saw somebody on Twitter today tweet a stat that he played five times and kept four clean sheets. Well. If that isn't enough of a, a reason to give the lad a go and can leave him in the net when Hamer's back, I don't really know what it is. But another special mention for me yesterday was Jonathan Hogg. I think a guy that we were lamenting that perhaps his best days were beyond him. In the last two days, last two games, he's been imperious. I thought he was excellent yesterday. And and he's held the midfield together because I think actually if there's a negative of the last two games, Lewis, Bakuna, Iting, pretty anonymous, really. I thought Iting yesterday was awful. Um so you know, Hog pretty much held that that uh, midfield together. So, yeah, we're going into going into the end of uh, the end of the year with one more game against Barnsley, which will be a, a good old sure Yorkshire derby. But we go into January in good shape, don't we? Well, lads, I I think Carlos and his team have done a phenomenal job this season. If you consider the times we're in, it was a next to no pre-season can't have much time between games to do any training. It's literally just recovery phase and then straight back in, preparing for the game. So if you take all that into consideration and look at the change in the style of play, what he's managed to implement already, I mean, it's scary what he could do with with, with better players in the squad, to be honest. Um, I, I, I was a bit worried after Coventry just because we looked, second half, we looked knackered. We, we looked like a team second half of extra time just playing out for penalties we could, we were absolutely shattered couldn't get a pass off properly and I thought oh, the game's still coming thick and fast still a bit of time to January and I thought it's going to be tough is this but against Watford I thought really solid I mean Watford I think they're the second best defence in the league um, coming to this game and but They'd only scored four goals um, in the last 10 away games, and I could kind of see why. Um, a lot of lo- restricted to a lot of long range efforts, and I'd never really felt 
throughout the game that Town were really threatened by them. I thought we were very solid defensively. Took the chances when they came and yeah, it was it was lucky, but you met your own luck. And isn't it nice to see us do that to a team for a change rather than the other way around? You know, and Ben's a great closing down of Foster. Foster takes an age to get rid of it, makes a mistake. Um, Campbell taps it in. So really, really good. I pulled out some of the stats from the game. Um which I found quite interesting. I mean, Watford up 58% of the possession, 21 shots on target um, compared to our 10, five on target compared to our three. They had seven corners compared to our five and their XG was 3.21 compared to ours, which is 0.99 and we won 2-0. So it shows really that stats are, are irrelevant a lot of the time. It's, it's what you do with the ball. And at the end of the day, we took the chances when they came um, and Watford didn't. Schofield, I thought, was very, very good. Um, some really good um, saves, particularly one towards the end. Um, one-on-one made himself big. And I thought, yeah, it was just an overall really good, well-rounded performance. Seemed to be really strong at home. Again, I'll echo what um, Gareth said. I thought Jonathan Hogg was was excellent. I thought Edmunds Green looked solid. Saar had a good game as well at the back. You never quite know what you're going to get from Naby Saar, but I thought it would compose some some good passing out from the back. Um, and yeah, re- really, really pleased um, that we, we, we managed to take it round. And I think it did justify um, his, his selection against Bournemouth. And I mean, I know, I know, Ian, I know you had some issues with it morally, and and I can understand where you're coming from. If if you look at our squad though, it's it's just way for thin, and when you're getting starting to get injuries, left, right, and centre, you've got to you've got to kind of start prioritising games, and you know with the best will in the world, you look at that Bournemouth team. I think even with the first team, would have struggled, would have struggled to get anything out of that game. As it happens now, we we probably should have won at Coventry. I mean, and Benza either should have scored or squared it to Bakuna. We could have won um, both of these games. Um, so I, I think it was I think it was justified, and um, and yeah, bring on bring on Barnsley, and, and hopefully we can get to January and uh, and build maybe add a couple of loans. I think I think the loan market will be a lot busier this time. Uh, there's a lot of youngsters in in Premier League squads not not getting game time, uh, and now people are a bit more aware of what's what's going on. I think um, there is going to be a bit more activity in in January. So uh, so hopefully we can build and and, and push forwards. Nick, I get what you're saying and I get what everybody else is saying. It only sounds at the moment that it's me speaking out against what happened against Bournemouth. Um, but we might have won three in a row if we'd have put a first team out at that point. We can't sit here retrospectively look at it and say, oh, we'd have definitely lost it. one of the two games between Coventry and Watford yesterday had we um, not rested players against Bournemouth. I still don't like it. I understand why we've done it. And it is great that we're now sat here with four points. Most of us thought we'd get three points against Coventry maybe midweek and then a point maybe at Watford at home yesterday. But um, look, Cam's been out celebrating a victory. He's hung over today. Gaz is now apologising to Phil because uh, he reckons, he's saying it on behalf of all of us that we got it wrong, but Gaz is basically saying he's got it wrong. Greg's opened pretty happily for possibly the first time in 20 episodes nearly now. I'm not going that far. I am not going to go as far as everybody else seems to be going. I thought yesterday, I thought we were we were good to a point. We were professional the game fell in our favour in that we still don't look like scoring too much from open play or we didn't yesterday in, in, in the system we have, but we didn't have to either. Watford gave us, gave they gifted us two goals. They have gifted us two goals. And Fraser Campbell sponsored by AKLD training, Andy Kay, 
was there to, to put the first one in. And the second one's possibly the worst on goal anyone will ever see in the history of football. That is a horrendous swipe at the ball by somebody who's pretty decent on FIFA as an ultimate team player. You don't expect that from Kuru. Anyway, it was, it was a game that kind of fell into our laps a little bit. And the, the most impressive part of it was, well, first off, Schofield, fantastic. He's brilliant. And now he saves to me, guys. It wasn't as, as electric. He made one late on and it's flashed across him and he's made a reaction, says, from a volley six yard out. Um, and it's, it's close to him. Really, the striker should have put that in. That should, that should, I think it was great. He should, have been, he should have been put away. That, that, that wasn't one he should have been able to save, but he was there to save it. Great positioning. Most of the other saves were reaction saves right close to his body's positioning was good. And now that's fantastic as a keeper. Ben Hamer is also very good at those things he doesn't have to think about. If the ball just comes at him, his reactions are as good as anyone. The most impressive thing I see with Schofield, we've got a goalkeeper far more um, with, a, with a resume that most people are pretty impressed with, with Foster. With Foster. But we've got Schofield, when he gets the ball at his feet, he looks like the guy that's been playing for 20 years. He doesn't look like the, the, the near debutant that's only had a few games in a town shirt. He looks so composed when he, when he has the ball at his feet. And our both teams yesterday play possessional, um, passing out from the back game of football. And for the first time this season, we've had a team that's out, out, outdone us in being shy, passing out from the back. They, the, the mistakes they made yesterday were very similar to the mistakes we were making at the beginning of this season. And we were crying out saying, we can't carry on playing this way. Okay, we might score one or two, but we're conceding four, five and six at the back because of us not being able to pass it out properly. With Schofield, for some reason, that has dissipated. It isn't there anymore. We, we look like we can play the ball out really well from the back. And that's the most impressive thing for me and, and, and why I reckon he should be in as number one for the rest of the season because you notice keepers making mistakes more often than them doing something amazing. And when Foster's making more mistakes at the back than, than the guy with so few appearances as Schofield, then there's definitely something in Schofield for our system. He was great. Johnny Ogg, fantastic. He is unbelievable. And I genuinely put it down to Bakuna not being in the midfield three with him. When he's in there, he's a bit vacant. We've spoke about this before, but now he's up and out wide a little bit on the left um, while Karoma's injured. And Bakuna can do what he wants to do out there. It's a bit of a free role when you're up, up in the front three. Not entirely a free role in our system. I get that. You've got to close people down a bit more. But Bakuna's up that way. And it just allows Hoggy to sit in there with Iting and, and Lewis O'Brien. And all Hoggy has to do is defend, just clean up. The system has been tweaked a little bit by Carlos. It has. It's not as gung-ho as it was at the beginning of the season. It really isn't. Coventry was a perfect example of that. We knew it was going to be a tough game against a team in form. And what we did is we sat deep, we stayed structured. And even when things weren't necessarily going in our way, we didn't overcommit and gamble trying to get the win. We didn't. We sat there for a point and we've not done that too often this season. It was fantastic on midweek for me. Not the performance, but the grit, the determination, the changing Carlos's approach that we were worried about prior to the last couple of games. It was brilliant. And then yesterday, a game's fallen into our lap and we've put a professional performance in after going to up where the stats trail we've been battered on paper, on paper. But anyone watching that game is we kept them out wide. We kept them 20, 25 yards outside the box and we made the chances that they could create not even half chances. They were a quarter chance. They were, they were barely a sixth of a chance. They were long shots. They were always going over the bar more than more often than not. And it just wasn't there. I'm just, I'm thankful they didn't bring Troy Deeney on because we know he, I just, I understand why uh, Watford have made such a quick move to, to boot the manager after yesterday because they made some decisions that uh, uh, baffled me. W when it was so easy for our defenders and it was easy. We Okay. We know Dabi Naby Sar can be fantastic or terrible. Yesterday he had a, he had a fantastic game because it was a bit easy. They, they definitely weren't challenging. And they've got someone like Troy Dini there on the bench and they didn't even bring him on. They didn't even try and shake things up. It was a, it was a team that I think we faced at the right point of the season. 
they're very much on the down and we're very much on the up and um to be mid-table at Christmas, to, to be in the top half, technically, we, we'll throw that one in, to be top half at Christmas with all the injuries that we forecasted to get, yet the results have been far better than anyone could have expected considering the injuries that we've had is phenomenal. I'm not going to apologise though. I am not going that far just yet. I'll have to wait until uh, till May before you get a full apology out with me. I, I agree. I think I think jury is still out on that one. But I, I've got to say one thing on that, okay, I, I as well as many have been quite critical at times this year. Um, but I will say this, that, okay, I, I really, really worried. And I was very vocal after that West Brom game back in, what was it, July, the season finished, um, about, about you know, the, the getting rid of the Cowleys and, uh, and and how that was going to affect us. And I thought that it was a real flash in the pan moment. Well, it looks to have paid off. So I'll say that um, bringing in Carlos to this point, to this early point, has worked very well. Uh, and it's interesting to say that, okay, from what he's done, from, from what he's been given, I think he's crafted something. Uh, quite strong. However, you can't judge after five months. So the jury is still out on that one. But I think I think the science the science are good. But a lot of interesting points raised there actually. Uh, one being Ryan Schofield. Um, Schofield, I really enjoy watching him. I think I always like as well that a young lad coming through. It's just a nice story, isn't it? You always want that, and it reminds me of having Alex Smith back in there. Uh, nothing, nothing against Hamers. I think he's carried us at moments this season, and um, and it's a shame we goalkeepers because it really does take probably an injury sometimes a suspension, but not only an injury to give another goalkeeper a chance. Uh, and I'm glad that Schofield's had a chance to get himself into the team. Um, OK, yeah, four clean sheets from five. You can't argue with that, can you? I do think perhaps it's just, um, you know, moments of inexperience. I was commentating on the, on the Coventry game and one of the most, I remember the you know most alarming moments early on, of course, was when he's dropped a ball back. I think was it by Nabi Sarr? Um, and he takes, he did this on it quite long before actually managing to take it away from the defender and playing out from the back quite well. Um, so I think okay, maybe there are these 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 moments that will be ironed out when he gets more experience. But then in that, I think that shows his composure as well. Uh, he doesn't flap. Uh, he doesn't look like a junior that would just rush into the side. Um, and so yeah, I think we do have to have a serious conversation about whether he stays or, or whether he goes back to the bench. And I think he staked a very very good claim to it. So for me, picking on form, I think he has to stay in. To be honest, uh, I think he has to stay in. Uh, so good luck to him. It's been really encouraging to see. The reason I'm not going to get too enthused about yesterday though I think it was great I think it was lucky um, is that the amount of times we had to I hate people I hate when people say that the number of times the number of times that we had to call on uh, Ryan Schofield to to just stop those half chances or quarter chances as Ian, as Ian called it still shows a little bit of vulnerability to me um, I don't think we completely dominated the game I'm not expecting this to against a team like Watford frankly who are a Premier League team and championship guys um, that still shows that okay it was very close and, and, and Nick wheeled out the stats early doors. Exactly. It was a closer game than the 2-0 suggests on paper. And OK, the most important stat went in our favour and, and convincingly so. Um, but, you know, we, there's certainly work still to be done. Uh, but there are frailties there that, that kind of get exposed. And just there's a few long-range efforts as well that were contender with them. They've got men that can hit him in the middle of the park and stuff. And you've got the likes of Tom Cleverley there running your engine. You know, on a different day, that's a very different story. So we did get fortunate. But also, you know, there were very good signs there. Um, I'm just not trying, I'm trying not to get carried away. But no, I look at Schofield and I see someone and I think, right, okay, this is someone now who, going forward, I think he does have to have a chance to grow. He's certainly, he's certainly shown that he, he is at home in that team. And I think, you know, fair play to a lad who got called up overnight, throwing himself straight in. Um, you know, it was a sink or swim moment. Alex Smithies, his debut, 4-0 at Leeds, wasn't it? This lad, he's, he's actually had a very fine um, start to his first real season in, uh, in in Huntersville Town football. So, fair play to him. 
I think for my my case is that okay, he does have to stay. Um, but okay, it's look it's easy to look at the, the league table and think that it's all fine and dandy. We're in the top half by a goal, not even goal difference, by one goal scored. Um, but hey, I would have taken that. Is it a case though? And uh, this is a wider case when you, we're focusing on, on the development of Ryan Schofield. Are Huddersfield Town build, building a team for now or next season and the season after? Because you've got Ben Hamer who's out of contracts. You've got a number of players, senior players out of contracts um, in the summer. Uh, most notably, Isaac Mbenza, who's been in terrific form. Adama Diakabi, do you get rid of them? Um, do you build a squad for... for next season or the season after or do you look at the position that Huddersfield Town are in currently right here right now and think actually we'll we'll solidify a little bit more we, we, we've got a you know 25 to 1 chance of slipping into the playoffs I mean Middlesbrough right now occupy that last playoff spot they, they've been for me they've been dreadful this season it, it kind of shows you where certain teams are because of the COVID COVIDness of of the season, it, it, it's a it's a tough gig to ask what Carlos wants to do with the squad we have now. We'll get onto transfers later, but with the squad we have now, do you keep blooding a couple of these youngsters, or do you go back to your experienced pair of hands, so to speak? Well, I think it's hard to separate saying the squad for now and then transfers for for later, really, because I think you can't have one. Without the other, uh, I think we all know, and we've all said for the last three or four months, we've said in the last transfer window, we need to strengthen. We don't have enough bodies. We have some quality, but we don't have the quantity. Um, so I think whatever happens, players are going to have to come in. And OK, we've seen the new Grant come in the door um, this week. Encouraging. I don't know anything about him. I'm not really great on my uh, League of Ireland football. But looking, OK, to answer the first half of your question, looking at... Um, the lads we've already got. I think certain, some of them, if they can continue as they've earned themselves, certainly an extension or a new contract. Isaac and Benza, he's been a pleasure to watch this season. Uh, and, and there's never been a player town that have wanted to play well so badly. Uh, and so, you know, he was getting close to a free kick again. He got himself in there, made a nuisance of himself going forward and then Harry in there, Ben Foster. So lads like him, yeah, I want to see him. I want to see him carrying on in a Huddersfield Town shirt. They're still quite young. We've got a lot of years ahead of them. Um, and so some of them, yeah, I do believe. But then, that, that's not going to answer all the cases. You look at someone like Ben Heyman, and we've gone through a lot of goalkeepers in recent years. Do you offer him a contract? I just, I just don't know. It's 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 difficult because how much wholesale change do you want to make to an outfit that finally seems to be going forward? It's been a while since we've been able to say that. Um, it, that's the thing. I, I don't want to stick my head above the parapet now and be the one to say, right, we have to, we have to, you know, weed out the deadwood because I don't think, I think that's disrespectful to a squad that's done really well considering the circumstances. But the question is, okay, you look at you look at players whose deals are coming to the end and you think, well, it, it's an impossible question, isn't it? It's a possible question because a lot can happen between now and the end of the season. Um, you know, form can run dry. Um, I'm preferring to look at the transfer market and thinking, okay, what do we do in, in there, really? And I think, to be honest, we shouldn't be getting rid of too many at this point because we haven't got enough in. Um, and so for me, I'm sort of going into the mindset that we do try and hang on and we, oh, it's just, it's it's so, it's such a difficult question. This might not seem like a, a big deal, but going forward now, I'm seeing that we're starting to get a run together. I don't want us to ruin it. And so if we look to flood the youngsters, and yeah, that is important because we're going to need them to be part of the first team squad coming forward. And it was great to see another 17-year-old on the bench again. We all got very enthused about Brahima Diara and his performance in the youth cup against Newcastle. So 
this, this is about being like that. But there's, there's, so there's, there's so much, um, there's so much good coming through. But then again, you do throw Dehaney in more and more and more when he's clearly not the first choice. <sighs> These lads need experience, and whether they get experience away from Huddersfield Town, that would be preferential to me because we're going to need them next season. We're not going to bring in 10, 15 new bodies, are we? Um, the lads going out, well, okay, some of them, I think, we have to cherry pick the ones who deserved an extension but no we've got to find a balance here a really fine balance between okay bringing these lads on but then not compromising where we're going because yeah we are five points off the, off the playoffs at the moment and that might sound daft if come January 20th we're now 12 points off it but at this moment in time we can't pass up that opportunity it's a turning point in the season and you have to go for it and so for me flooding youth has to be on the back burner for now in case they can really cut it which we've seen in the in the case of Schofield though You've got you've always got to have that blend, and we've spoke about this before. That you know having youngsters in your team really is 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 essential for club like town. But you can only have so many, and I think you know Schofield and uh, Romani Edmonds Green look ready. So when they've been chucked in, they look ready to play Championship football. I think that's the challenge for some of the other youngsters that when they've been chucked in, they don't look ready to play Championship football. You know, Dehane is one that's done okay. You've got Rowe, you've got, you know, Jackson that played in the first game. You know, he played 45 minutes in the first game. We haven't seen him since. So there's no doubt there's some quality around. And, you know, Schofield, Schofield was, I can't try to remember what year it was, but he played in the under 18 World Cup or the Tulum Cup, didn't he? And they won that and he saved penalties. You know, he was playing with peers like David Brooks and, and I think Harvey Barnes scored a load of goals, didn't he, in that tournament? So, you know, this lad's played some football at a decent level with some decent peers. And that shows probably in his. In his confidence, um, I think um, for me, I'd leave him in. I think you 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 do plan for the season after. You know, Roman has got his chance because of injuries and taking it uh, as as Ryan. And I think if I were in Ryan's shoes and they wheeled Ben Amer back out just because he's played more games than me, I'd be pretty cheesed off. I think, but um, it's a real difficult one because, like you, come I looked at it and thought, well, we're five points off the playoffs. Do we go for it? But actually, I, I just think it, it's it's. I just can't see us having enough in the tank to get us into the top six, unless we added four or five real quality individuals. And I don't think we're going to see that. We, we definitely need some loans. We need some bodies. We know that because we can't rely on a team with five and six kids in. So we've got to get some senior players in, some people with experience. Uh, and, you know, you only need to look at the loan we've taken from Liverpool with the goalkeeper to show if you get Premier League kid loans wrong, it's a waste of money. So, you know, I'm not, I don't really want them chasing kids from Man City. I'd rather we blooded what we've got or or even deep sign more guys like this Grant, you know, Grant from Ireland than, than borrowing somebody from Man City who's never kicked a ball in the Football League. You know, we need some experience. We need some guys with 250, 300 games on the back who can come in and just steady the ship. Because, as I said last week, Carlos will get us enough points to stay up. I'm not worried about getting relegated. And, and I guess yeah, I'm not really answering your question, Greg about whether we should be thinking about now or next season. But we've got we, we've got to try and build, and you can only do that through winning, because winning's an habit, and you can only win when you've got a team that's set up in the right way and has the right attributes. I don't think we're... Um, <laughs> I don't think we're ready to go up, even if by some miracle we made it to the playoffs and went up. Can you I, think, I think they'd have heart attack <laughs> owners if we went up this season. I think we're not quite ready for it yet. I think this season is a bit of a stopgap to next season. As, as boring as it sounds, I think it's a, a season of of transition and consolidation and 
I think if we finish mid-table, I think that's done a sensational job, to be quite honest. I think if we can get some, bring some of these youngsters on, it's steadied the ship now. We're starting to play much better attacking football, much more enjoyable football. Bringing these youngsters on, and then if we can get into the summer transfer window, that, that's going to be the big one. That's going to be massive with a lot of players out of contract, including Hogg um, and Benz, as you said. <clears throat> I think... If possible, I'd be looking to try and get rid of Pritchard and Diakabe um, in January. Um, if we've got a couple of players we can bring in, because I just I just don't see any any future with them at Town. There's players we've we've seen with Pritchard before. There's a player there, you know, he's played really well for Brentford, did did decent at Norwich, but for, for whatever reason, he's just and he, he looks to be working hard. I don't. I don't really want to have a go too much because I don't know if it's a mental thing with Pritchard. If he's just, if he's just really, he seems like he's trying to think about everything before he does it instead of just doing it. Um, and he always seems to take an extra touch just that few seconds too long before he does anything and gets the ball taken off him, goes to ground a lot and, and loses it, fouls, gives fouls away. Diakabe, I mean... I, I always liken him to a Dementor. When I see Diakabe, do you know De- Dementors or Harry Potter when suddenly one walks in and the room just goes dark and any sort of ray of happiness and optimism just drains from your soul? That's what Diakabe does to me every time I see him come on because it's just not, you know, you play, it's like playing with 10 men and you know he's not going to do anything. And I, I've, it's nothing personal against him at all, you know, and I'm sure there, there was a footballer there, but young lad moving abroad and for whatever reason, sometimes it just doesn't work out. And, you know, I think it's, it's best. He'll probably go somewhere in France and probably bang in 20 goals somewhere um, and be amazing. But I just don't see a future of him at town. And if, if we can get rid of him in, in January, I think, you know, that, that, that'd be great if we can get somebody in. But I think just, just see the season out. Um, you never know what might happen. It is a poor league this time. Everyone's beating everybody. You, you win three games, suddenly you're right up there. See what happens, but I think if we finish mid-table and then we've got a massive summer ahead, but at least Carlos has got a full pre-season. Um, try and keep the players like you and Benzers, obviously Hogg, um, you know, try and develop a few of these youngsters a bit more. I'm, I'm glad we're seeing the likes of Danny Grant coming in. He looks promising. He's similar to Grant really in, in style. He played on the right a lot for Bohemians, but he prefers on the left cutting in on his right foot, sort of Grant-esque, Caroma-esque style. So I think he's he's a good project for the future, and it's good we're, we're getting these good promising players, project players. But but we need a couple of players that can do it now. Um, so if we can get a couple, um, like Garrison in January, just to steady the ship, um, just to account for any more injuries if we get them, and ju- just see it through to the summer and then build from there. It's a bit of a a bit of a kind of what should Huddersfield Town do versus what will Huddersfield Town do, and the should part of it. Is a personal opinion. Now, this year's championship is one of the weakest, I think, in history, in in regards to different re- like the results are very unpredictable. Like nobody would have expected to have us as high as we are, and I don't just think it's because of Carlos. It is, of course, the wins that we're getting, but I think the the static nature of the transfer window of the last um, of a of a summer was meant that teams didn't change so much. We did, and we're taking full advantage of it. Now, I sit here, and I look at the league, and I think it's there for the taking, but that's a gamble. I think if you do throw some money at it in January, 
as it is, we need we need two or three players to help with the depth anyway, right? That's before anybody goes out. Then again, if if Dean Hall was here, would he sit, would he, would he sit on what we've got, or would we've twisted? Would would we have brought a few players in to to help push ourselves up the table because we are in touching distance of the playoffs yet again? And now we've been there once before. If we hadn't been there before, we'd all be talking about this very differently because we'd be dreaming about something we'd never seen. We play a, a chaos style of football that is bringing results, is exciting to watch, and is causing teams like Watford big problems. And this is with a squad that, not the Cowboys, but Jan Sywer couldn't get a tune out of whatsoever. Carlos is doing with a squad that's terrible on paper up until now. That is phenomenal, right? So you can sit here, guys. You can say, yeah, but we just want to build for next year. David Wagner nearly went to Aston Villa the year after joining us. Before we got to the Premier League, he was offered the job and turned it down. What's to say Carlos won't be given the same opportunity somewhere else? We can sit here all night long, or morning long for you guys, preparing for next season. But our performances at the moment for me are on Carlos Corbran alone, on him alone. Football is ever-changing. It's like liquid, isn't it? it? Things never stay the same too long. So you cannot play and, and plan entirely so far ahead anymore. You just can't do it. Not when an opportunity has arisen like it is doing at the moment in that we're so close to the playoffs. And we do have such a lack of players. We need to bring players in if we expect or want to push on somewhat. That's what I want. That's what I think we should do. Um, but what I do think will happen is I think we'll we'll cut our cloth. Isn't that the, the phrase that we like to use in that we've got so many players out of contract in the summer and Benza has, has now appreciated from a value of nothing last season to maybe a million, maybe two million this, this January. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go whatsoever. I think we have to get rid and get as much money back in as we can because parachute payments won't last forever. So there is an issue with cash flow. We know that's certain people's favourite words, but um, I think we'll be cutting. I think we'll be cutting further. I think we'll ride out what we've got. I think we'll finish comfortably lower half, um, and we'll all look back at it. Unfortunately, as a as a missed opportunity because where we're at at the moment is is exciting, and we're not that far off being great. Grant could be fantastic, and with our new BT model, absolutely the perfect kind of signing for that. But we should be bringing in four and five signings like him six six figures 250k maybe you want to bring in four or five of them every transfer window to pad out the b team some will miss some you'll hit and you hope the ones you hit hopefully the strikers are worth far more than the other position but that's what you want to do that's what the b team model is you buy players from teams that are doing well in in lower leagues in, in leagues that aren't as prestigious or as high quality as the championship and league one in england generally so you look at the irish leagues you look at the maybe even the spl Poor league quality. But you're looking at players like that to bring in for B teams. That's what you're after. So Grant is absolutely perfect signing for that. And you know what? He might come in and he might score 10 goals between now and the end of the season. But I don't think any of us are expecting that. And I don't think Talna, he, to me, is a signing for the B team. Great. Not a problem. Bring him in. Bring in more. Fill that up. Our first team, if you expect to push on from where we're at, if you expect to stay steady from where we're at, because we've spoken before about teams like Derby and Sheffield Wednesday, strengthening in January now, COVID is, is taking a more predictable path, hopefully, through, through the summer and that a few fans are returning. Maybe not now with the new lockdown. I get that. But hopefully we'll ride this out pretty quick and then and February, March will open up and fans will be back in. And then from next August, vaccine, great. Everybody's in. Cash flows are predictable again. They'll strengthen. So we have to strengthen. We know that. We need three, four, 13 players. Will we get them? I don't think so. I think players will go that are out of contract and um, 
people like Rolando Adams, Aaron's, sorry, will be will be brought in to, to fill the gap. And that'll be fine. We'll, we'll stay up, no problem. But then does Carlos stay? He's done a wonderful job. And we're fooling ourselves if we think we are the only ones noticing this. I think there's a massive amount of sense in that, in the given, okay, the comparisons to be made between Wagner and Corbin. And I like that we've waited until December really to go to town on that. Uh, but this does have a lot of similarities. You can't lie. And okay, yeah, he's coming on a, on a paper-thin squad. And he's got the best out of it. We again, we had a better than the sum of our parts, as we were when we went up um, under Wagner four, three or four years ago. So, we, yeah, exactly. We can't afford to pass up this chance, and that's why. Okay, I, I look at it and I worry, and I think, okay, if we maybe if we were a few points further back, and the book and think, oh, it'd be nice to see the youth coming through again and everything like that. And um, in reality, we have exactly Reg and and, and Schofield who look uh, who look like they can cut it and, and can slot into that mould. But we don't want to look back at this and think, OK, what could have been? And, you know, it might come to nothing. We might finish a very respectable 10th. We'll be out of contention with four or five games to go. And, you know, if that happened, I think, well, we're still overachieved. But we can't we can't look at this league table now at Christmas, be, what, five points off the players and not think at least we have to have a go. And, OK, this is going back to uh, David Hartwick's question that he's, that he's posed in the um, in the comments of our latest tweet and saying, do we keep... Um, how is it phrased? Yeah, do we keep our, our pound of dry knowing value is low, no value in January, as we're often told, um, and wait for summer to recruit? Or do we fill out the squad immediately? Well, yeah, this is this is exactly the point. I think we do have to go for it. I do think we have to try and make something of this because, OK, I look at it and I think it's it's two games in every three that we're playing well, really, isn't it? And then there'll be one maybe that will throw a wobbler in there. If we can get that consistency, and with consistency, that means we have to be able to rotate effectively with from a first 11 to a first 11 and not, say, put a weak inside out every third game. And the only way we're going to do that is by bringing bodies in, and I think we have to do it in January. So, unfortunately, we're in a position where we have to gamble again. But I do think we have to take that. I think you're absolutely right. Who's to say that we're going to be here to be able to build forward? We look to long-term plans and we look and think, OK, well, Carlos, next season, he'll be able to take us forward. We said that about the Cowleys and they left, OK, and that was our doing. But who's to say that Corberan ain't going to be leaving at the end of the season and that won't be our doing? So, OK, we've got half a chance now, half a chance, because, OK, I don't want to get ahead of myself and this might sound like, um, you know, my, my suspiciously high level of alcohol talking, you know, and maybe it is, but I'm looking at it and thinking, right, you know, we need to go forward here and we do need to be aware of the of, of, of the look we've had in bringing this man in. And so, no, it will be foolish to pass this opportunity up. And for me, OK, I'd like to look, bring in the striker. I think that defensively, we've really struggled with injuries. I know we may have Elphick back, but is he going to be the same player? I really hope so. But he's not he's not taken to a pitch in 18 months. So we can't rely on that. Uh, we need more fullbacks because we've got two who are on their best day, easily the best in this league. But we need more than that because as soon as one is injured or as soon as we change shape, um, we find ourselves lacking there and that takes out our best game plan so we do I'd like to see a fullback I'd like to see a central defender I would like to see another striker to add to the five or six or seven that Phil says we had now you know what I mean uh, and so okay maybe the low market if you throw a few darts one's going to hit a treble who knows but we have to take this gamble for me I think Ian has said a lot of sense there it would be wrong to not take stock of our surroundings now I think we've got to at least make a bit of a fist of it in the back half of the season so in, in my response to David's question is yeah I do want to see a strengthen now and I, I, I think okay we're not going to get the best value for it but football isn't strictly a business you do have to go for the romantic elements of it and I, I do want to see us throw it all into the second half of the season because end of the day that's what we watch football for we want a bit of a distraction and you know what's more exciting than town for them bear down against all odds on the top six which hey we're probably not going to get but do we want to look back on it and think, okay, in the shittest year ever, we had an outside chance and you know, we thought, oh, wait for next year. 
I just can't see it though, Cam. I just can't see, you know, that everything, all the mood music that's been coming from the club all season has been around controlling costs, keeping cash in the bank. Uh, I think what possibly could spike movement, which is a good point you guys have made, is is some outbound. So, you know, if you can get Pritchard off the books with his wages, you get Dear Carby off the books with his wages, suddenly it opens up some other possibilities in terms of the of the uh, the wage bill. Um, you know, we, we, we said this before, we don't know what Carlos asked for or was promised when he came. You know, Bielsa's style is not to have a squad with 40 people in it, is that either? So, as a disciple of Bielsa, you know, is he the same? Does he want to work with a small, compact squad of of 22, 24 that he knows and absolutely trusts. So, you know, chucking another 10 bodies in, maybe that's not what Carlos wants. You know, maybe we're assuming here this is all Phil. Maybe it's Carlos that, that feels that's not what he needs. But it's, I just can't see it. Unless they make some big headroom in terms of wages, I just can't see there being the five, six or seven we'd probably need to give us the chance of the playoffs. But I mean, you, you're right, when you look at the, the teams between us and the playoffs... There's no great shakes. The top fives, Norwich, Bournemouth, Swansea, Brentford, Watford. If you were going to have a sweepstake of the top six, you'd have probably put them five names in there anyway, wouldn't you? So the rest of the league aren't far off playing for sixth place. You know that, and, and would you therefore gamble the next three years paying big wages to half a dozen players on the basis of an outside chance of it in the playoffs this year? I just can't see it. I just can't see it. Isn't there an argument though to be pragmatic in this situation and, and pragmatically invest? Because I, I don't want to bring our favourite phrase up, but the transfer committee, um, you know, surely if they're doing their jobs properly, and you would assume so given the, the signing of Danny Grant, there, there will be a couple more players that they've, they've, they've targeted in there that could can come in and do a job straight off the bat. Um, then you've also got Premier League loans and, and We've mentioned Camille Grabara, who, who seems to be an absolute nut job. Um, but, but, but let's not forget his half-time interview with... Uh, <laughs> oh, God, that was awful. Um, don't want to reminisce on that. But, um, you know, before that, we've had a pretty good success rate with that. And, and the issue with Premier League loans is, especially these days, uh, I think Neil Warnock was talking about it with, with Cardiff when they had uh, Grujic from Liverpool that they're paying effectively a transfer fee to have him on loan. If it's that kind of Premier League loan, I don't think we can do it. But there will be opportunities for players who are at top six academies, if we can get and just say, we'll pay the wages or, or something similar to bring them in. Because if, if you get one or two of them, and we don't have any of them at the minute, the one that we were apparently looking after was on the opposition side yesterday, uh, James Garner. He, did, he looked okay, you know. I don't think he... he he'd have taken us by storm. But if there are them kind of players, and I'm including Karel Eiting in this, that you can bring in two or three with maybe one or two, um, you know, I'm trying to think of last time we've done really good January deals. It probably would have been Pilkington. That's in 2009. Jesus Christ. But those kind of style signings, somebody, if you look at the, the couple of leagues below, I mean, they're, they're, and I hate to take advantage of clubs that are going to be in financial messes, but there'll be clubs in the league below who've got very good players and they'll be very, very much struggling with it. We do have an opportunity to, and I don't expect us to get top six, I don't expect us to get top ten from where we are, but it's a good opportunity to have a crack at it 
pragmatically, but also build on in the future. And I think that's what we need to do. We need two or three proper first teamers, maybe one or two more like Grant and one or two loans. And I, I wouldn't say we need five or six signings this um, this January. Never, never gone into a January thinking now. It's usually two or three, but because of the lack of the inactivity in the summer and the lack of turnover, and you're looking at our squad and you're thinking, them youngsters, like like I said, was it Osterfield has gone on loan to some really low club? You know, he was he was in the first team squad for games. He's nowhere near championship level. You know, those kind of youngsters. They might be in two, three years' time when they get some work experience, as they call it these days, under the belts. And it certainly helped with Edmonds Green and Critchlow Noble. Get them lads out alone. But, like, you know, Reg, Schofields, Daly are probably the three that can crack it. The rest of them are great for experience, but I want to see four, five, six players come in with one or two leaving. And I, I fully expect one or two of them big players to leave. So we've got a squad that can give us a bit of relief during the, this new winter of discontent. And, you know, when we go into spring, we're like, well, do you know what? We haven't been to any games, but you know what? I've actually quite enjoyed that. I'm really looking forward to going back into the stadium, whether it be August or 2022 or uh, whenever the vaccine mutates into the new common cold. You know, Nick will tell you all about that. He's a scientist. Um I think we just need a little bit of hope. And I know it sounds really stupid, but sometimes sport can be, as Cam with his quotation says, sport's a relief for some people. Sport's a getaway. And um, I think I don't think people really quite realise how much Huddersfield Town can be a getaway. We don't, we're not asking for a, a lot, really. I don't think we are. We're not asking for, yeah, big name signings, you know, what 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 did uh, what did Stan Turner call them? I can't I can't remember. Bums on seat signings or something like that back in the day. We're not asking for that. We're asking for a little bit of flair and a little bit of something different, a little bit of something we can get behind. If if we're going to give Phil any credit for that, he's certainly given a lot of people something that we can get about get behind, and it would be a shame to lose him. I, I must. I, I think. I massively agree. This is the time, if ever, that we've been looking to our football team. And this is something I said, and this is something I actually need to plug as well, that I've, uh, that I've left up until now. Um, but coming out in the week that, OK, when we release this, uh, coming out with the special episode released by the Huddersfield Town Supporters Association, uh, I put in a cameo appearance with um, Matt Shaw from the other podcast uh, and Stephen Chicken of the Examiner and Utebia. Um, We talk about, OK, 2020, the terrible year it's been and the good year it's been on the pitch at certain times. Um, it's a quick chat about uh, the state of the club, um, what we've liked, the best highlights, what we think of Carlos. Um, there's a bit of a quiz at the end as well with a special guest uh, who comes on uh, to present it. So uh, I understand that donations are going to be going to the Huddersfield um, Town Supporters Association and all the great work they do in the community. I believe, I'm not sure what the fee will be off the top of my head, but there's a small donation to get access uh, to the uh, recording. It is a video, but you can listen to the audio as well. Uh, we'll put it out on our channel, um, HTSA, we'll put it out on Twitter as well. Um, and so keep your eyes up for it because uh, I make a, a short cameo. I do disgrace myself in the quiz because I forget about the existence of Terence Congolo. Um, but no, it's well worth it as well. There's also ways you can donate during it and everything. But keep your eyes peeled for that because by the time this is live, um, that should be live as well. But 
there is relevance to that. That I said on the podcast that on on the um, on the Superpod, as it's been a labelled that that yeah okay, football is a massive distraction, and, and this year more than any is the year that people look to their football club um, for a sense of community, given that we haven't really had a community um, this year. And yeah, okay, I'll I'll, I'll second I will second that, um, that that praise of Phil. He's given something that has that has allowed us to all gel uh, as a fan base again. Um, and I think it's so much nicer to go onto Twitter after a game now because there's so much less vitriol. Uh, and my biggest gripe in the in the off season break was that okay, I feel we've lost this community spirit that was something we really like prided ourselves on, uh, especially under Wagner. And it's gone away since then. I can feel that steadily coming back now as people are starting to people start to circle around the club and gravitate towards it once again. And so, yeah, I want to see a positive window because I don't want to build... I think I've spent, since the last transfer window and the disappointment of it, I've spent the last four months or so building up and building up um, the sentiment towards this club again. And so if we got disappointed by nobody's through the door uh, and, you know, crowing on about Rolando Allen, I think I'll be very, very disappointed. So I'm just after a positive window that gives us something to focus on and just to look forward to. Because, look, I don't think we'll get top six, if I'm honest, if I'm thinking pragmatically. But then how lovely would it be to have a push for that? Um, I don't think it'll happen. I don't think we'll bring in five, six bodies. I think that is the number that are needed. But I'm just I really hope now that it's going to give a lift to so many people if we can go forward and do that. So, yeah, I, I'm all for it. I think this is a really decisive, possibly the most decisive January window we've had Um in a few years, okay, you could say maybe it was on a par with the last one in the Premier League, which we got wrong. But if we can get this one right, okay, this this sets about the end of the season, and I really hope for everyone's sake that we can just give ourselves something to focus on coming into twenty twenty one. You want you want ambition, don't you? You want ambition, passion, so we can all get excited, particularly in these times. And look, I mean, lads, I would love Town to go out and sign for good quality first team players with some project players and really have a push. I would absolutely love that. My my opinion's born out of the, the messages that's been coming out of the club. And I just, I get a sense from that, that the, the club are happy for us to be where we are this season. Um, I would be very surprised if we sign more than two, three players um, th- this window, probably two. I, I mean, it's looking like Aaron's might be one of them. What he'll bring, I don't know. I don't know much about him, if, if I'm being honest. His, his goal record isn't great. But to me, we're a striker, left forward, attacking midfielder and full-back cover away from pushing that top six. Uh, and I know it's hard to sort of equate number of players to position. And, you know, there's so many variables. It doesn't work like that, obviously. But I just think, you know, particularly, I mean, there's there's been a lot of issues with defence. But I still think, you know, if we can add a bit more cutting edge to the attack so we can create a few more chances finish teams off when we do it the front foot. Um, I, I I think, you know, there's been a lot of games where there's been fine margins, like the Birmingham game, for example. We got back level. We could have had, you know, that quick just to go and win it and we, we end up losing. Preston, when we were winning, end up losing. And if we'd have won those two games, we'd be knocking on door the top six. And that that's how that's how close it can be. Um but I just I, I just can't see it. I mean I'm not expecting a marquee sign. I mean, I can't remember Town ever making a marquee signing, to be honest. Sign it and you think, whoa, God, Town's, how they managed to get him? I can't remember ever thinking that, um, supporting Town, you know, in my 32 years of being on this earth. So I, I, I certainly don't expect it now, but it, it would be it would be great to see, you know, some, some players with some proven experience coming through the door just to help some of these youngsters along. 
Will we see it? I don't. I have my doubts, lads. Um, I think that the big window is is going to be close season. I completely agree with you. I, I would love to see the ambition and and you know to just to give us all that that lift again. Um, we've got to be careful. Watford don't come sniffing around Carlos as well. By the looks of it, he's, he's just the sort of manager that Watford that Watford would like to have. Um, so we, we do have to we do have to make sure that we don't that we do back Carlos. Um, I mean, he has said before that he's happy, you know, with the squad size. But I, 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 I cannot believe that. I, I can't. The, the <laughs> and that's not just girthier than our squad size. It's just, it's tiny. There's no, you know, that we've got good kids, but you can't rely on them. You can't rely on them for a full season, and we're going to get injuries. If if we get injured to Fraser Campbell, who, who's playing there? Who have we got? You know, Carlos has been criticised for not making substitutions early enough in, in games. But you look at the bench and you think, well, who's coming on? Who's, who's coming on to change game? You know, we, we, we've got that first 11 and then you look at the bench, you think, my, oh God, we, you know, we, 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 the quality, the lack of quality in backup is, 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 is staggering. And that, that definitely needs to be addressed. Um, and I, ju- I just hope that they do. I hope that they back him, if not in January, then in the summer. And, and we can have a real push and, uh, and give the fans something to cheer about and get us all excited again and, and get us all together behind them. I don't think we're as far away as some of you guys reckon. Honestly, I reckon a striker and a winger. That's all I think we need. Because Toffolo and Pippa seem pretty pretty resilient when it comes to injuries. I know Pippa's missed a, a couple of games there, but Toffolo's on what? 480,000 minutes or something without missing a stay. He's, he's, he's a machine, that guy. I don't know how he does it because he's he doesn't look like he's heavily built either. He looks pretty frail, but he's just... He, he's the old school English English player, isn't he? He's the guy that's there every Saturday. He turns up, probably just black boots, um, double laces wrapped round, proper size shin pads. His socks are folded over correctly. He's your stereotypical English footballer. And um, he'll be fine to the end of the season. Pippa's Pippa, we know, is amazing. So the fullbacks, I want cover. I do want cover. But Town want to be a top 30 club. That's in the charter. That's what we're after. And we're very, very close to being able to finish as a top 30 club. So that's what Huddersfield Town is. I suppose the question, like the overarching question that we're all skirting around is, what do we want? as the? What does the club want? What, what, what are our aims? What are we after? None of us want to... We don't care about town making profit. Come on, guys. We don't, we don't care about that. Fans don't give two shits. We want to win as many games as possible as finish as high up as we can in the table. I don't care about two years. I want to know now how high we can finish this season. And honestly, I think after Campbell, we have nothing. And I think you can upgrade Campbell. Sorry, Andy. I think you can find an upgrade there that, that, that creates a little bit more and, and sniffs out a few extra chances. I think we can have an upgrade at number nine. Danny Ward, we know, can do a job on the wing. And I'm not saying he's as good as a winger as he is as a striker, although he was better as a winger for us than he is currently as a striker for us. But with Karoma out, we need a winger as well. Hopefully Grant might be that guy. Maybe he is that guy. Maybe he comes in and clicks straight away. We can say we don't know what Rolando Arons is going to bring into the team, right? But not one of us here thought there was a player in Isaac and Benza. Not as a winger anyway. I thought he'd be decent as a striker. He was at Montpellier, I think it was before us. Um, he played pretty central and scored a few goals there but not one of us thought he could be the player he is today he dictates so much play he's great on free kicks he's just from the player we saw last year a bit like the mentor uh, Diakabinik which is probably the best comparison of a player I have ever heard he does he just saps the strength out of you when he comes on you feel depressed as soon as you're like oh Diakab is on we're done it's the I like to call it the Mounier um, the Potra effect 
as soon as they those two were on together, you just knew it were over. You might as well go home. Um, but I don't think we're as far away from pushing on as, as some people think. We need the depth. Carlos is happy with it. Yeah, he says he's happy with the squad size, Nick. But there's a difference between squad size and squad depth. The depth isn't there. The size might be. We need to replace some of those players that should be in the B team, not in the first team. Um, we need to find cover for them. And we are thread thin. Like you say, we're thread thin. There isn't. There are no game changes. There are no game changes. Not not for the better anyway. We 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 don't really make subs and they come on and, and we we play better after that. It just doesn't happen anymore. And that's what we need to rectify in January for me. And you can do that with a winger. You can do that with a striker. And yes, I understand they're expensive. But then we have a lot of people leaving in the summer as well. So you've got a six-month commitment to paying somebody. And then you can back pay yourself, I suppose, effectively by getting rid of Mbenza in the summer. Because I would like to keep him. I would. And I cannot believe I am saying that. I'm sat here saying it. And if you'd have told me six months ago I'd be saying it, I'd have called you a liar. However, here I am being a hypocrite saying... I wish we could keep Mbenza, but he's going to be out of our league in, in what we can afford payment-wise because of the performances he's put in. He'll get some decent offers elsewhere. He won't be here, and I would get rid in January because I'd rather take a bit of money back because that's what I think Town will do. I I, I wouldn't, actually. I'd, I'd keep him and, and, and eat the money and gamble and, and, and try and push up the league, but I don't think that's going to happen either. I just think with two players away, a striker and a winger, from, from asking questions to the other teams in this division that I thought we were years away from, and here we are, cracking on to Christmas. And we're not just doing okay. We're moving up the table with some of the best home form in the division. It's, it's fantastic. And if we can just find a few pounds, I just spend some money, Phil. Come on, man. We don't need, I'm not asking for much, just, just money. There's more to life than money. So spend some on some strikers and wingers and let's see how high we can go because we aren't far off. Carlos has got us singing. Let's just, let's just back him as much as we, we can. Um, and, and see where this ride can go because the comparisons to Wagner are there and I just don't want to sit back and regret it next year if Carlos isn't here. Seeing you, Canary. Um, we, we've waffled on about this for too long, so uh, we, we're getting to the hour mark. So it, um, I know it's a bumper Christmas edition and all that, but I just want to... Uh, there's a few questions that have come in. One from your lad, Gaz. Uh, within reason, who is the one player you'd love us to sign in January? Who's first? Do you want me to answer it since he's do you want me to answer it since yeah, he's on. asked it? Yeah, since he's asked it, go on, Gas. Um <laughs> I don't know what you could, what you should have done is lined us up before, Greg. You know like they do on professional podcasts where they give you the questions no, up no, front no, no. so you can prepare and make notes. This is this is where you come up with just a random name. This is where you come up with for me, like I'll I'll go first, top of my head, I'll have Smith Rowe back on though. That's the one player I think I'd like. There you go. Yeah, that's a great shout. Fantasy players, lads. Any one player within reason. I personally would like a young man uh, from by the name of uh, Raúl de Tomás because uh, apparently, according to the Flash Scores app, he is the top scorer in the uh, Spanish second division, and he also happens to play for Pepe's old club, Espanyol. Uh, so if we got lucky with a five hundred thousand pound signing the first time, why can't we do it again? Um, and he wasn't in the squad. He wasn't in the squad, should I say, for the defeat for the win against Yagostero. So I can only imagine we have already been uh, tapping him up and they're keeping him fresh on the bench so he can come in uh, with a swoop on. Uh, January the 4th. So as far as I'm concerned, done deal, lads. Bit of Spanish play at the other end of the pitch as well. That's going to uh, sort me right out. Finish bash bosh. I've thought of one, actually. Um, he, Jordan Hugill, who's at Norwich, who isn't getting a kick. He's a, he's a young version of Campbell for me. He puts himself about. He's big, strong in the air. I think he'd have a, a bit of a different dimension. He wouldn't break the bank. 
I don't think. Uh, and he's not getting a look in at Norwich. Pablo Hernandez from Leeds, dare I say. <laughs> um, direct, f- fantastic forward for me. Fit, obviously fits into Carlos' style. Chips in with goals, assists. For me, just the sort of player that would fit right into the team and, and what we need, that cutting edge. Probably could go do a coaching role, but like we have done like Dean White and that in the past. Come on, Ian. What, what what scouting network have you got down under? No, I'm just still good, man. I'm still living in the past. I can't get over his missing Kiefer Moore for a couple of million last summer. Like if you're on about who would fit our system better than anyone, Kiefer Moore would. He's big lad, causes a bit of ass. So last strikers play on their own a little bit. They've got to do a bit of the dirty work because the wingers seem to get the glory and get the goals in in off what the striker does, and that's why. Uh, Razor Campbell, sponsored by Andy K, doesn't necessarily get as many goals as he deserves for his play. Kiefer Moore for £2 million. We waited too long to start signing players this last summer. £2 million pounds for him. He was class last year against us. And if anyone could improve this team, I know it's not realistic because what you're looking at now, what, £15, £20 million for him with how good he's been this year? We missed our opportunities with him last summer. And uh, we can't have a full Happy Clappy podcast, so I'm just going to chuck that one in there just for the uh, the heavy bounce, Greg. Oh, that's fair enough. Uh, I think we've covered off the, the major ones. Uh, it's all about signings, unfortunately. But I just think that's that's actually a very good one because every single person, every single town fan's got a, a romantic vision of that one player that they like and always want to bring in. And again, I would love to see SR back. But I think, we, like Ian says, we're only a couple of signings off being a completely different, more consistent team. And it has been an interesting three months it's, it's hard to believe it was three months into the season and there's so many games into the season um, anyway I think we'll right, wrap it up there we'll let you have your Christmas dinner if you're listening to this on Christmas Day more for you 20 games into a season Huddersfield Town are 12th in the table 8 wins 28 points 5 points off the playoffs more importantly 12 points off Derby County who sit in 22nd uh, in the relegation zone it has been an entirely different season than anyone really expected. We expected to be down there and COVID has lasted longer than quite a few people expected. So um, hopefully 2021 will bring us more cheer, more laughs, more wins, more goals and um, the ability to go to the pub. Gentlemen, Gareth Gasquet, Campup, Inkelroy, Nick Barlow, thank you all so very much for your opinions and to everyone else who's appeared on this podcast in 2020 thank you very much enjoy your christmas everyone um unfortunately it isn't what we all want it to be but you know what fuck boris johnson see you in a bit <laughs> <laughs>